party started. This is Ghetto. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570. It's on a website. This is FNA. Man, get out my way and watch out as I come. I am a god. Now what? Why don't you get out of that jumpsuit and let me smack that fat ass? <laughs> That's a scary crew. As far as the product goes. Uh, the voice of a new generation, man. You guys are the young guys. Are really at the top of their games. The two of them had something in common. We bring you Radio Ecstasy. Oh, it's beautiful. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570. FNA. FNA. Let it happen. This is the FNA Podcast. On a Thursday, it is the FNA Podcast. Kevin Figures and Adam Austin with you. Thanks for joining us. Get to us on the FNAPodcast.com website. We got our Amazon link there. Click there, then buy things off of Amazon or and or go to RippedApparel.com. Put in the promo code FNA and get one of the best shirts of all time. No doubt. A lot to get to today. Not a lot of time. In the back end of the show, we have our friend TK Trinidad. She is here this week. She is going to join us this week. I can confirm that for 100% certainty. She's here. She's here this week. She's going to join us with some entertainment news coming up in the final segment of the show. But Adam, in the first segment, friend of the show, man, we got the NLCS popping off. Phone's ringing, dude. Thank you, Donnie. Yeah, it was just two weeks ago. We were wondering if the Dodgers were even going to make the playoffs, and now they're in the NLCS for the third straight year, but they are taking on the hottest team left. And Dodger fans have already sworn off beer for the series against Milwaukee. Hard alcohol is still permissible, though. But back up off of it and sit your cup down for our next guest because his voice is truth serum for Dodger fans who can't help but be compelled to have a more realistic outlook on this year's playoff run after this interview. It's Eric Steven king of all Dodgers news and notes. He's been doing it for True Blue LA for a long time, and now he also does it for SB Nation. Follow him at Eric Steven on Twitter and follow for his puns, but stay for his stats and info. Eric, how are you? Thanks for coming back on the FNA podcast. Oh, pretty good, guys. Uh, uh, thanks for having me. Um, uh, no beer, though, man. <laughs> it's going to be a rough, uh, rough couple weeks here. Hey, so, some people like the spirits. They like the liquor. They like to just... <laughs> Good Just point. pour that good over point. a couple of rocks and you're good. <laughs> Eric, uh, hard alcohol was not going to do enough to save Dodger fans from screaming at Manny Machado for the last couple of weeks. Wasn't playing his best baseball, but then he has the big home run in Game 4 uh, to help them pull out that series win against the Atlanta Braves. Does he have the monkey off his back? Is he going to turn into a different player and go back to being that superstar that hit 315 or 317, whatever it was, with the uh, Orioles now? Yeah, like uh, it's kind of weird, like he because he was he's been kind of up and down, like you mentioned. Uh, thinking what game one, he had three strikeouts and a double play, um, and just generally, like his numbers weren't as good with the Dodgers as they were with the Orioles. But um, you know, it, it's I'm, I'm kind of a, of two minds on this. Like one, you know, the, you know, you want to see him like at his best, and and like we've seen through the years, like he's a like a superstar type player. He wasn't necessarily that with the Dodgers. That said, he was also like very above average as a hitter and like pretty good at shortstop. So like what it was still like someone who's definitely helped, but I think he has some pretty outsized expectations. So if he's not performing at like a superstar level, it's going to be rough. And when he's playing bad, like he had that double play ball, he didn't turn in game four. He ended up not hurting them because, uh, uh, Ryan Matson got two outs, but like it, uh, you know, just generally you're like, man, you know, you know, why did they trade for this guy that, you know, that those thoughts always creep in people's heads and I get it. But, um, that said, like, 
He uh, had the home run game four to kind of put that game away. It was a three-run shot. He had a two-run home run game two that uh, won a three-nothing game, basically. I know Kershaw was the story more that night, but they still needed some runs to win it. He had the go-ahead triple on the Saturday game in, in San Francisco when they clinched a playoff spot. So, like, he's had some pretty big hits the last couple of weeks and, like, helped. So, I think, um, you know, any – like they, anything he can contribute is going to sort of help them. But yeah, if like if he goes on like a like a superstar run, like he, you know, he's shown at times with the Orioles and stuff. That's that's probably going to be good enough to sort of ride him into the World Series at that point. You mentioned the big hits that Manny Machado's had this last week of the regular season, and some of the big hits in the playoffs. Mr. Big Playoff Guy, I guess, is uh, David Freeze, who obviously did his thing with the Cardinals back in the day, has had some great hits. He was one of the hottest hitters in the National League, if not the hottest hitter in the National League the last month of the regular season. I'm sure the Dodgers thought he would have an impact when they made that trade for him, a very under-the-radar trade, by the way, at the non-waiver or at the waiver deadline. I can't imagine they thought he would make this kind of impact for them, though. How big of an impact has he made in that clubhouse for them, as well as his production on the field? I think it's been great. Like, you know, when they traded for him at the August 31st deadline, like, you know, everyone knows about what he did in the postseason with the Cardinals. And, you know, he's pretty well liked, you know, like he had a reputation that sort of preceded him. And he's been great in that regard. And then, like, also very productive. It's kind of weird because, you know, they got Brian Dozier the month earlier and he really hasn't done much. But, like, Freeze has almost kind of stepped in and helped with that production. I know it's a different position, but. Uh, the getting freeze sort of sort of solidified their offense, like because they've been running like you know not quite strict platoons, but almost like for about half their lineup um, going down the stretch against righties and lefties. Like freeze starts against uh, righty or against lefties, excuse me, and Bellinger and Muncie in there against um, uh, against righties and things like that. But they didn't face. I, I know Sean Newcomb was like sort of a uh, almost a bullpen game for the Braves, but. Outside of that, they didn't really face a lefty. It'll be interesting to see what the Brewers do uh, this series because they've been kind of sticking with the other lineup, but sort of mixing in Freeze and and Kemp um, in there. So I think that's going to be one of the stories of the series. I know they started Wade Miley once uh, last series. Figure Gio Gonzalez might uh, get a start or something in there, but they might just do a bullpen game too. I'm not really sure. But I think that'll be sort of interesting to see how the Dodgers sort of play that Um the Brewers are very aggressive going to their bullpen, so I, I don't know if they're going to go fully platoon like they did the last month and a half or so. But, uh, yeah, Freeze has been great. He had the big two-run single uh, in the last game in Atlanta, and it helped him, you know, give him the lead. So, yeah, he, he's been about as good as they could have possibly hoped for, um, you know, and he's been a great addition. It's Eric Steven joining us here on the FNA podcast. Eric Kershaw had maybe his best playoff game, at least if you go statistically by the numbers in game two uh, against the Atlanta Braves, went eight innings strong for the first time in the postseason, almost lowered his postseason career ERA by near half a run. Was there any extra motivation? I know he talked about it a little bit, but not getting the start in game one. Were you getting that? And then Kershaw coming out angry and performing better. And also, do you like him go starting game one of this series in the NLCS? Yeah, I, I would, you know, it was more, it was a real surprise that they like did that in, in the last series that they went to Kershaw in game two, even though he would have been in game one on, on regular rest. But, you know, looking back, it, it was, it was a surprise. It was a surprise because they just never do that. But I don't, I don't think it signified any sort of like, um, like a, not a regime change, but sort of a, a foundational type change because 
they are going with him in game one, and I sort of I agree with it. He's going to be uh, I, he's going to be on six days rest. I think what they want to do in that case, he's been going on like five days rest for pretty much the last like three months. You know, I think it's it's now it's like thirteen out of the last sixteen starts he's had an extra day of rest at least in there. So I think they they like him better with that when they possibly whenever they possibly can. So that sort of played into their thinking in this. Um, but now that they have the extra time, they can sort of maneuver. Uh, and I, so I, I still like him in the number one slot. Um, his command was great in game two. Like you know, he only had three strikeouts, but a part of that was the the Braves were like swinging at the first or second pitch, like every at bat. And he was so around the strike zone, they weren't getting any good contact off of him. He was getting all sorts of ground outs and really quick, easy outs. That's why he was only at, uh, what, 85 pitches through eight innings. So it was like, man, that was about as good as you've seen him outside of, you know, like a high strikeout game or something. He was, he was great. What about game two of this series? A lot of talk about whether or not it should be Walker Bueller, who got roughed up at least early on in that closeout game three in Atlanta before he settled down and got some innings out of him. But Hinjin Ryu was spectacular in game one of the Atlanta series. People have talked about the phenomenal numbers he has at home where he's more or less just average on road starts. Now, Dave Roberts spoke to the media yesterday and was kind of noncommittal as to who's going to pitch game two. And he pointed to the fact that he recognizes that everybody knows Ryu is better at home than on the road but says there's a bunch of other factors that go into whether or not Bueller or Ryu will start game two. Is he just paying us lip service and we already know that Bueller's going to start, but he doesn't want to tip his hand to Milwaukee? Or do you think he's actually mulling over whether or not to start Ryu on the road in game two in Milwaukee? Yeah, it's a good question. I I think they're going to go with Bueller, but you're right. Like He hasn't really sort of indicated one way or the other. I mean, we're only talking about like a handful of starts like um, Ryu he's only made 16 starts total this year because of the groin injury. Um, and 10 of those have been at home, six are on the road. I know he's barely given up anything at, at home as like a one Oh two ERA. But so, it, I mean, he's still like a good pitcher on the road. I don't think that's going to change. And it's pretty good conditions in Milwaukee because they have, you know, the roof, if it's, uh, if there's any weather. So I'm not, that's not necessarily concerned, but, um, and he's not like a, you know, Rich Hill may, at, at times, like, you know, uh, they didn't want him pitching in like thin air, uh, if it'd be a potential playoff scenario because of like the way he's relying on his curveball, that kind of a thing. So Ryu's not really that. So, but that said, I, I think they like the stuff of Bueller and I know he, he gave up the grand slam and just completely lost the strike zone there for a stretch in that, um, in that game three in Atlanta, but he also recovered and uh, retired like 10 straight after that. They ended up tying it. Um, I think they would go with Bueller in game two, but it's really just a guess on my part. And they do want to sort of lean on that review at home. And then it also lines it up. I mean, they still have, it's those three top three that they like, um, you know, Kershaw, Ryu, Bueller, and it, um, I guess Kershaw, Bueller, Ryu in this case. And then it sets up to go like, you know, five, six, seven with those three. And then you'd have Ryu in game seven. It would still be in Milwaukee, but I think they like him in a big game. So I don't, I think they're comfortable pitching him sort of anywhere, but I, I think they would go with Bueller in game two, but that's just a guess. Eric, they're not releasing the full 25 man roster until tomorrow morning. Do you anticipate any surprises? I thought Ryan Madsen coming in over Ross Stripling was a slight surprise just because his ERA, but he had been better down the stretch than Stripling was. Do you see anyone else that raises an eyebrow that comes on for the NLCS? It seems like that would be the only one. I mean, and not necessarily for Madsen. I think like Dylan Floro, they only 
they use all eight relievers in this series, but Dylan Fleur only got like one out. Um, so if they do a change, maybe it's stripling for Floro. I, it's hard to see them doing anything else. I know they have some other, you know, guys available, um, but you know, just being a longer series, and they might be going to the pen a little more often, and you don't have, you know, you have two off days, but it's stretched over a longer period of time instead of um, this last series. So I, I think they'll stick with the eight relievers. So I don't see them adding a position player in that scenario. Um, so yeah, I I think probably Stripling. He talked to. I think it was Bill Plunkett yesterday. Um, Stripling was talking about he, he was tipping his pitches a little bit in the second half, and he he sort of feels like he corrected that. And he, you know he's been struggling a little bit since the All Star break, like in, in multiple roles. So I think that was part of the reason they he was left off that roster. But he's still like someone they trust when he's sort of going right. So if he's sort of corrected the mechanical flaws, I can see them sort of going back to him um, and adding him to the roster. In a macro view of this series, I'm just a dumbass. I don't cover baseball on a daily basis. I don't know what's going on. So if I just look at it from a surface level, is it really as simple as the Dodgers have to be able to jump on their Brewers early because if it's a tie game or they're down and they get to that bullpen oh, in the later innings, it's just like the Royals it's used all to be over. Is it? Is it that? Is it? Oh, that an oversimplification or is that pretty much what it is? Well, just to clarify, I'm also a dumbass, and I do cover baseball. <laughs> How <laughs> dare you? Don't you say that about Eric Stevens. That's right. We won't, we won't stand, we won't for, stand that. for that. That's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I I don't – their bullpen is a great strength. But that said, like, it, it's it's one thing – like, everything sort of broke right for them. They pitched great against the Rockies. They only held them to two runs in three games. And um, if they have to go to the bullpen as often as they did against the Rockies, they pitched like oh, – like over half the innings in that series, that's a tough ask for like a longer series. So um, I think the Dodgers want their bullpen to pitch a lot, even as good as it is. Um, so I think they want to get into that and make those guys a little more fatigued. And then it's just wear everybody down as much as possible. Um, so, you know, I don't see it like that necessarily, but uh, I think also they just want to just sort of jump on the starters to get early leads because, you know, them pitching with a lead, like you don't want to, Haters, their best guy, and then, but it's like really their top four. Their top four guys have like pretty high strikeout rates, and then Corey Knievel, or not Corey Knievel, um, Corbin Burns is like really good too. So those top five guys are going to be the ones to watch. I think uh, it's basically um, what Hater, Jeffress, Joachim Soria, and uh, Corey Knievel, and then uh, Corbin Burns. So it's those five guys you have to watch. The, all uh, the first four of those pitch all three games against the Rockies. So I, they're going to want to pitch them as often as possible. But I think the more they pitch, the more you can sort of get to them. You know, we saw that with the Dodgers. Everything kind of worked out for them in the first two rounds. They were pitching relievers like every game. Um, but then they also won in quick fashion. They won three games in the first round, five games in the NLCS. And then they were still pitching. Like Brandon Morrow pitched literally every game of the World Series. And then he sort of he had the, the one time he pitched three days in a row, he just bombed out in that third game. Now, I'm not saying you, the Brewers are stretched that thin, but you want to you want to stretch those guys out. Like Kenley Jansen gave up runs in three different games in the World Series. He was pitching almost every day, so it's it's the opposite now. It's same thing for the Brewers. Um, you want to make them. If, if this series goes longer, I think they can get to that bullpen at some point. But uh, that said, I I do think the Dodgers have the weaponry at least on offense, and then I think their starting pitching is an advantage too because they're. They're really good, even down to Game Four with Rich Hill. Um, so that's a that's a strong group in its own right. So um, 
not not terribly worried about that from from that standpoint. Eric, and quickly because you brought up Kenley Jansen, I've been saying he either gets right or you're not. You don't have a chance to win the World Series, anyways. He looked good at the end of Game Four. He hit 96. Does he look like the old Kenley Jansen to you now? Well, yeah. The thing about his sort of recent struggles, and I know, like, I don't want to downplay the heart issue because that's like a major thing that he's going to have surgery on at the end of the year, but. Um, his stuff is still like there, you know, it, I think it's just been like a, a issue of command. And part of that, it was like, um, not, you know, he was, a, uh, out a little bit early and he was just getting, it's hard for him getting back into rhythm. Uh, so I think if he can sort of find somewhere close to like his normal mechanics, I think he's going to be generally fine. I know he's been giving up a lot of homers this year. A lot of that's just like literally missing his spot and missing like over the plate and very hittable pitches. And also the hitters probably, um, they're kind of waiting for that now because he's shown sort of vulnerability. But um, if if he can sort of get his mechanics back, I, I think he's going to be, you know, relatively fine. It might not be the like super closer of, of Kenley that we've had the last few years, but he even a reduced Kenley is still like, an above average closer and he if he can sort of find somewhere in the middle there i think they're going to be in, in decent shape hopefully he can find his mojo and can, can make true the prediction that yasio pui's been running with our guy david vassay all playoffs that he's guaranteeing a world series championship this legal so we'll see uh eric steven friend of the show covers the dodgers for true blue la as well as sb nation follow him on twitter at eric steven eric thanks for joining us we really appreciate it yeah my pleasure guys uh, looking forward to the series There he goes, our friend Eric Steven, another friend of ours. I saw this tweet late night, and I had to retweet it because the double entendres, the unintentional homoerotic sexual tension going on in this tweet by Vic the Brick had me rolling. And he put this down at 10.30 p.m. last night. says, Dodger fans, feeling you, Milwaukee. Sausage of Palooza, 25 samurai, long swords, short swords, swinging, fresh meat in six year old. <laughs> Sausage, long swords, fresh short meat. Sword, fresh meat. That's not sexual? Oh, Vic, you got to love him. I yeah, agree with as, this prediction, though. As long as Josh Hader doesn't read it, we'll be okay. Uh, <laughs> so again, follow him at Eric Steven on Twitter, True Blue LA and SB Nation Game 1 on Friday night in Milwaukee. We're also going to replay at the end of this show, because they're playing the Brewers, the remix of Why the F You Line with Ryan Braun, who is a horrible, horrible human being. We'll play that at the very end of this show, right before our Street to Rage outro. But- Coming up in the next segment, we have TK Trinidad with Entertainment News. She's going to check in, talk a little bit of wrestling, I think. Maybe some uh, some Floyd Mayweather news in there, some MMA news. So, UFC recap. Yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about. So we got TK Trinidad coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Screen name Daddy for you. FNA Cotton FNA. Welcome back into the FNA podcast. Thanks again to Eric Steven for coming on and breaking down the Dodgers, Brewers, NLCS series. But right now, we got another special guest online of the female variety. Yeah. TK's bringing you that heat. The latest news gossip and all that. Our entertainment insider from TMZ. It is TK. TK, what's up? What's up, guys? How are you guys doing? Lovely. How about yourself? Fantastic. Can't complain. All right. So what do we got on the docket today? Um, so the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they've announced 
some uh, possible inductions or nominees. So LL Cool J has been nominated for the fifth time, as well as Janet Jackson. So, you know, we're going to see what's happening with that, uh, as well as Rage Against the Machine and Radiohead. So we're going to see who's going to be placed onto that list. couple of locks right there. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully it is LL Cool J because, you know, this is his fifth time. Um, and, you know, Jan Jackson's kind of like a staple, and she's not going anywhere anytime soon, God willing. So, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's LL's year. I mean, you feel most of the time there's nominees. They're all deserving in one way or another. Everybody can't get in every single year. So I understand why there's going to be a bit of a wait for some people, though I even biased. I would think LL Cool J, if you would have asked me if he was in there already, I would have said yes. So I had no idea he wasn't in there. Yeah, well, I mean, who really, like, after it happens, then you forget about it for a year. Kind of, so. you're right. The Rock and no, Roll Hall of Fame basically sucks, and we have no idea what their standards are. It's called the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but everybody's in there now. But we know it's a music Hall of Fame more than anything. Yeah. Right. Well, anyway, speaking of music, uh, the Catch Me Outside girl, um, Daniel Bergoli. Uh, Bad AKA Baby. How about that? Bad Baby. Yes, she is an official rapper. She's been traveling the world, all that good stuff. Now, um, she's been sponsored by Snapchat. I didn't realize Snapchat was still a thing. But uh, they're going to have a 12-episode docuseries uh, called Bringing Up, ba- uh, Bringing Up ba- Baby. Bringing so, Up, like her, like the raise from her childhood or something, like like that sort of thing? Um, it seems like it's going to be more of, like, you know, what she does on her day-to-day life. So sure if you riveting. don't follow her on social media, then you can follow her on another social media app. To uh, you know, see how it all came about, what she does to be successful at her young age, and you know, go from there. But I mean, when it came about, she went off on Dr. Phil. She became a viral sensation, and then she hooked up with other influencers from Instagram and blew up because Lil Yachty liked her. I mean, I, there it is. There's a snapshot of how she became successful. Her claim less, to fame was a catchphrase. In less than 20 seconds, I just summed up her her uh, her ascent to where she is now. They had to do well, a docu series for this. Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> I mean, yes, uh, we can definitely sum it up to something short. However, there are a lot of people trying to do stuff like that, and um, they have bigger platforms, and they're not as successful as Bad Baby. So maybe she's, you know, adding some extra stuff to that. I mean, more power to her, I guess. If I mean, people like, sh- you know, shoot on the Kardashians for all the stuff they do, but obviously they have a large following, and they wouldn't be as successful as they are. So obviously it doesn't work for me, but who am I to, you know, Take away from somebody else's success. They're out there making money doing their thing, so by all means. Danielle Brigoli? Is that her name? Yeah. Brigoli, yeah. yeah. Brigoli? she yeah. Italian? Yes. Yeah. Uh, From Florida. Aren't a, you Italian, Adam? I'm Sicilian. Yeah. Okay, very oh, different. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very different. I see. I see. <laughs> got it, got it. Well, <laughs> island off of uh, Italy. Uh-huh. We don't claim Brigioli right. here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and her fake boobs at 14. Oh, my gosh. Uh, she did it. Somebody that may or may not be fake, depending on how you uh, like it. At this very moment, uh, Kanye West is sitting down with President Trump. Uh, he has uh, scheduled for lunch, but, you know, um, his wife, Kim Kardashian, uh, she went in a few months ago. She got stuff done. So maybe Kanye is going to get some stuff. Maybe this is the whole great plan that, you know, Donald Trump likes his ego to be stripped, or President Trump likes his ego to be stroked. And maybe this is the plan to actually get some stuff done. Is that what Stormy was doing? <laughs> Maybe. So what happened is uh, Kanye West is sitting down at this moment with President Trump, and uh, there's going. She's going to be signing a a bill that's updated licensing and royalties to artists, songwriters, and producers for music played on streaming services. 
Kanye is also going to talk to him about gang, gang violence in Chicago, prison reform, and manufacturing jobs in Chicago. So maybe, you know, because remember when President Trump was first in the office, he said he was going to send the military into Chicago, which wouldn't have been a good idea. So maybe uh, by doing this, something might actually be done in Chicago. So in effect, maybe he is more effective than people just screaming at President Trump. I did see some of that meeting earlier today, and Jim Brown was also there, and Kanye freaked out at one point and just ran over to the president and said, I don't like this guy. I love this guy. And he gave him a hug with his red Make America Great Again hat. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty surreal. Earth 2 is going strong, and we're living in it. Well, I mean, again, if he gets stuff done in Chicago, then... Uh, whether you hate him or love him, yeah. something's gotten something's well, got done. That's the problem. People are so divisive. You realize it's no different than TV news and guys from one side are yelling at guys from the other side. Nothing ever gets done the more arguing you do. So exactly. while I might not necessarily agree with all of Kanye's message and his methods, People criticize Ray Lewis. They had this giant summit, Ray and a bunch of other people who met with President Trump right after he got elected. Mm-hmm. And a lot of black leaders, black Twitter, all those people went after him yeah. for calling him coons and calling him out and whatever you want to call him. Jim Brown right. was there for that he one, was. too. Jim, Jim is, and he's been an open supporter of, of President Trump. And open dialogue is how change is going to come. So exactly. whether you agree with what Trump says or not, yelling at him from one from one form to another and just going back and forth isn't going to fix anything. So if you yeah. actually find a counsel with him, sit down with him, understand where he's coming from. Hopefully he understands where you are coming from. Yeah, you're right, TK. That's how things can get done. And if you can fix Chicago, which has been just torrentially terrible the last it's few years, zone. especially when it comes to the kill rate, especially when it comes to African-Americans, then yeah. It's a, it's positive. So like I said, I might not agree with everything that Kanye says and does, but if he can actually get some reform and something actually happening out in Chicago, it'd be a pretty big deal. He's all over yeah. the place, but I think some of his, a lot of his intentions, he's well intended. Good. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of bad things come from well intentions. We know that, but I mean, still, yeah. we we know what he's looking for. He just does the methods again are are questionable a lot of times. Sometimes right, he's a again, simpleton, and maybe that's the meeting of the minds between him and Trump. That's mm-hmm. why it works yeah, so yeah. well. Well, again, if he gets stuff done, then you know it's it's more more power to him. As we all know, it's almost for the the whole President Trump likes to get his ego stroked. No doubt, and if. By that stuff gets done, then you can't like it, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It's just like a child, like you you have it's different personalities, and yeah, you know a lot of people might not agree with what President Trump is is doing or saying, but that's not going to take away the fact that he is currently the president. And it, if he it, wants stuff done, it makes more sense to get stuff with honey than get stuff with vinegar because he'll totally yeah. you know turn his back on it takes a certain swallowing of your pride to realize look this is the only way that this situation is going to get changed or that what i'm looking for is going to get done so it might hurt it might suck it might be humbling on my part but if i'm trying to do it for the greater good then i'm gonna have to swallow my pride and uh, end up going in the direction that he wants me to take this in right and it might totally backfire like a a thought came to mind where it you know say for instance, the black community decided to embrace Trump despite all the racist uh, threats and tweets and all this other stuff. Um, would he be in turn in turn embracing the black community back, and would there be you know stuff being um, taken care of? Because he's not too long ago he was in all the rap songs, people were talking about him, all this other stuff. So you know, would that have happened, or would it have been like, no, yeah, I you know that's great, you guys like me, but I really could care less. So it's you know it's really. We will, we will see what happens. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see the McGregor fight? Yes. Both McGregor. 
Um, so uh, that whole thing is Khabib thinks now uh, to the UFC made an announcement that, you know, well, McGregor decided not to press charges um, on Khabib and his team. Um, UFC made this whole like, um, announcement about possibly doing a Carl McGregor uh, 2 uh, against Khabib. Khabib thinks that UFC is definitely for Carl McGregor, which is obvious. Carl McGregor is definitely more of the cash cow than Khabib. Um, and he's not, he, he might not be into doing a number two. He, he's considered actually quitting UFC on the whole, period. Is there no clause when you well, defeat a champ? Well, I guess he was the champion, but I mean, yeah. still, I mean, you would think, I mean, Dana White controls all of that, does he not? Get, does Khabib have the autonomy to say, no, I ain't doing it? Does he should beat does. him so badly that normally you wouldn't need a rematch, but with I everything mean, that transpired right afterwards and all that drama. But just how high of a profile the fight would be from a person, a buy standpoint, you would think, yeah, from a business standpoint, you'd want money. to do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. It will make money. Um, Khabib can say no, but he'll be stripped of the belt and right. you know all the other stuff. So there, there's a contract thing. But um, Thank God this isn't boxing. <laughs> Yeah, I and well, I mean, he didn't go into boxing too. Well, I'm I mean, just saying, it was, if it was boxing, he could literally say no, and it would never happen. No. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's just upset, yeah. and I understand why you would be upset, especially when somebody's bashing and saying all these negative things about your religion, about your father, about family stuff like that. This was um, just oil and water. Two guys yeah. that come from very different places when it comes Correct. to promoting a fight. It's McGregor's po- gonna say anything, right. but it's I posturing. also understand. Coming from Khabib's standpoint, you talk about my family, you talk about my religion, you talk about my country. I take all those three things personally. I think of the fight game as being honorable. And a lot of the time, you see guys who even were feuding before the fight, whether it was real or not, they make up in the ring afterwards. And they give each other respect. That obviously did not happen in this fight. Khabib took it all very personal. Well, I mean, again, you might not be, he might not be used to that type of, you know, it, it, it just became instantly WWE. Now they well, are. Well, it is extreme, to- though. Why exactly should he have to be used to what Conor McGregor does? Like, it's, it's ridiculous some of the things that he says. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, too, it's also about selling the fight. Of like, course. If, uh, as many eyes weren't on the fight, um, then there would be. I just a, don't mind a guy for saying you cross a line here. And him taking offense to some of the stuff that Connor yeah. said, and you not being able to get away with saying that stuff. I'm not saying he should have jumped into the crowd and all that, but it's yeah. not like he started fighting random fans. He started fighting Connor's team, right? <laughs> Which is the the whole. I think the whole everything everybody was talking about on Monday whether Connor should move over to something like a WWE, which he would be perfect for, um, even better than Ronda per se, because he has. Uh, a lot of WWE, even though the skill is definitely important, the mic skills is just as important. There are a lot of great people that are um, WWE legends or wrestling legends that are far better, is, is more about what they said on the mic than anything else. I, so, I would wait till his skills have diminished in the UFC. He's still in his prime. He's still a very, very good fighter. And there were moments in that fight where I was impressed by what Connor was doing. They gave him the third round. That's the first time Khabib had lost a round in the UFC. Right. So I, I'm intrigued enough. Of course, I want to. I want to watch the fight happen again. But this fight, we talked about it last week with UTK. Unfortunately, we lost part of that interview, or the the entire interview. But it wasn't surprising what Khabib did because right. his style is going to win out. The guy wrestled bears when he was a seven-year-old. It's yeah, insane. Yeah, I saw that video. <laughs> well, the, th- the thing is, too, though, 
you're looking at motivation. So there's nothing worse than seeing a fight, in particular a UFC fight, where the person's just there for the money. Then it's not really a fight. You really can't appreciate it because you're like, okay, you know, this guy's out of shape. He's like, I've seen that a handful of times. Um, well, I think he'd take great joy in beating Connor's ass again, yeah. considering right. everything that right. happened. And Connor's not there for a payday either. Of course, he wanted to win the fight, too. I do think Connor can make some adjustments. Sure. He's going to have the advantage in the second fight because he lost the first time. Khabib's going to go in thinking, I can do the exact same thing. It's the same thing that happened against Nate Diaz. Connor won that second fight. He is right. a very good analytical fighter. He's going to figure a way to at least try to make it a little bit closer. But yeah, I think the gap well, is still too far. I still think Khabib will beat him. A rematch. The thing with Nate Diaz is he didn't get the he didn't get the Mayweather money now. Yes, the Mayweather money is definitely a different thing because now he got such a huge payday that he took two years off, and it's a little bit different. This if you're used to getting those type of paydays, it's nothing. You can still, still channel your energy, all this other stuff. Now it's just kind of like it's it's, it's just like say the job that you had when you were 15, you're getting paid ten dollars an hour now. You're, you're older, you're getting paid 20 or $30 an hour, and now, you know, things happen, and they're like, well, we only want to pay you $10 an hour. The motivation to do the $10 an hour job is not going to be as great opposed to the $30, because this is what you're used to now. So, I get that to a degree. It depends on the kind of competitor you are, too, especially yeah. to Adam's point when Connor just lost. Is his motivation to want to win and prove that he can go on there and beat Khabib still there? He tweeted it out right afterwards, I want to go again. At 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. He told Dana White he wants to go. Right. He thinks there's holes in Khabib's game that he can figure out how to exploit. He thinks he can beat him. You won't get the kind of purse that you got from Floyd, but if there's a sense of pride within you, which I'm pretty sure Conor does have in him, he wants to go back out there and prove that he can beat him. Well, hopefully. We'll see what happens. It, it definitely should be a, a good fight. A fight that's probably not going to be as good is Mayweather and Pacquiao. They've been still talking about it. Um, Bob Abram, who was you know, the one that actually put the fight together oh, Bob in 2015. Yeah. Bob, Bob Arum, sorry. Who put the fight together in 2015. He said he's not even here to watch it at all. Mm. So um, I don't think anybody really is. I, I, I see that. I, I think because Floyd is, is still in such great shape for his age, better than probably 98% of the population, he feels like he can go. But still going to be one of those things where um, if, if they do go, it has to be really competitive. Like almost like you might have to change the rules or something like a big three. Like a big three, when it first started, it's like, oh, who wants to see a bunch of, you know, retired basketball players? But now it's a very competitive sport because of the three on three and they changed the rules. Yeah, um, I don't know they... if they could possibly do that for boxing, but, you know, if it's going to be the standard um, – 10 rounds or 12 rounds um, of Mayweather doing the same thing and Pacquiao doing the same thing, um, but older, I don't know if people are going to really want to see it. People guarantee see you it people are going to buy it. I guarantee yeah, people are going to buy it, TK. We can go playing up and down like we're all going to do for the months leading up <laughs> no. to it, and at the end of all the right. day, people are still going to pay $100 to buy the pay-per-view for the exact well, yeah. same result. Because they want to see, um, Floyd like, no lose. matter what, they want to see Floyd, Floyd lose, right. lose, and they want to see Pacquiao win. So there's no motivation for happen. so for TK from that standpoint. There's no motivation for anybody to change anything at all. Why should exactly. they? Exactly. Why should yeah, they? Yeah, I'm just talking. I'm talking from a, a spectator standpoint. Right. Um, but of course, Floyd's a businessman. He knows exactly what he's going to do. Uh, he hasn't stopped training. So to have a different outcome, and I don't think Pacquiao has been training as hard as Floyd has in his off years. To have a different outcome, it doesn't. I don't think it's going to happen. 
I agree. To have a different so, outcome, we'd have to go back about six years, maybe seven years, eight about years. About a decade when, when it should have happened. When Pacquiao was knocking out all the opponents. He was basically chasing everybody that Mayweather faced and then knocking all those guys out in dramatic fashion. That's when Pacquiao had that pop in his punch still. And some people speculate, what could he? maybe he was on Terrorist. something back then. <clears throat> Mayweather said that a ton. Yeah. I mean, no. But uh, that that was yeah. Pacquiao. I mean, that now, was the time we should have had that fight. Well, I mean, in, in yeah. Voy's defense, and people rarely come to it for obvious reasons, but when it came to that fight, you tried to get to all the stringent drug testing, and they drug it out for a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Manny just would have taken it from the very beginning and swallowed his pride. If you wanted the fight bad enough, you would have done it. So that right. got a lot of people and raising eyebrows six, seven years ago. Just yeah. take the test, and everybody, it'll prove everybody wrong, and just do the yeah. fight. And if you were, if there was nothing in your system, then yeah, you nothing know, to worry I, about. Yeah, I've, I've seen plenty of people where it's like, I didn't do that, and I'm willing to take a lie detector test, and you can ask me all the questions right. and all this other stuff. And, you know, yeah, that was that was an issue. Mm-hmm. However, this brings us to TK's TKO of the week. Oh, was it Manny? It's TK's TKO of the week. TKO of the week. So, you know, uh, for you guys who've been listening, I'm an avid uh, wrestling fan. Um, I went to see WOW yesterday, which is like the original Glow. Um, but they just kind of changed the name. But the person what? who created Wow, Glow, like Women of Wrestling? Yes. Oh, that was a uh, magazine back in the day. Yeah, well, uh, it is back. And I actually have tickets mm. if you guys want to go, by the way. Um, but um, the original owner of Glow back in the day uh, created Wow, and they, they, have two, um, they have two dates yesterday and today. That's happening. That brings me to today's uh, Tico of the Week. Ronda Rousey is in WWE. We've been talking about it. She's been doing okay. They had a little storyline with the Bellas who just came back as well. Nikki Bella broke up with John Cena, allegedly. Um, mm-hmm. They actually pretended to be Ronda Rousey's friends. It turns out that that wasn't uh, the game plan. They actually turned on Ronda Rousey. <gasps> and on Women's Evolution, there's going to be a big match between Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella, which, if this was real and reality, would be terrible. Yeah, but, she would kill um, her. She being yeah. Ronda killing Bella. Yeah. Um, but, uh, depending on how they do this and I see why they're doing this, I'm not really excited about how, how they're doing this. So now I'm becoming, uh, more of an intense wrestling fan, which is kind of weird, but, um, yeah, we'll see how that happens. That doesn't defeat the, that doesn't change the fact that Nikki Bella is beyond hot. And I think Evan, I think yeah. Evan, I think, um, Kevin, uh, you would definitely, you're, you're, you're on blow with this. Oh, both of them are, both of them are cool. Yeah. Like her and her sister. I like you and your sister. Yeah, they both cute. Nikki's the one that had the boob job, right? Nikki's the. the that's the how you can tell them apart. Yeah, that, no, I'm dead <laughs> that's serious. It. Now that's yeah. the that's the way you can tell them apart. One had a boob yeah. job. Should all twins have to do that? <laughs> no, Nikki's on the slightly thicker side, right? And um, Bree is on the smaller side because she's a vegan, so she doesn't. Mm. She that doesn't works out perfect, perfect for us, Kevin. Yeah, right, vegans. Now she's with. Uh, I'm she's, a Bree guy. She's dating uh, the beard, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, him, yeah, that guy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, the Bella uh, Twins work for me. I actually flipped on. So I flipped on Monday Night Raw randomly. I don't watch it religiously. If I have time and I'm home on a Monday, I'll flip it on to see what's going on. I pray to the Raw. Half of these people, I have no clue who it is. But I happen to flip on. These two chicks are in the ring going after it. Trish, Trish Stratus, who we, we talked about the last three weeks yeah. on the show, was in there. She's making a comeback. Looked okay. She's, and then Lita yeah. comes out. Lita looks younger than she did 15 years ago. It's yeah. amazing. And then the China hologram came out out of nowhere. Did not happen. Did um, a pile driver on did, all three of them. Did not happen. Uh, but Lita, Lita looked amazing. Yeah, Lita, uh, Lita and Trish are going to be having um, 
uh, tag team against Alexa and Nikki James, who's also like you know a veteran. Um, They're gonna fight Angle. the Amazon Alexa app thing because I have one of those. No, like no, Alexa. No. Alexa Bliss. Suplex me. Uh, Alexa Bliss, and then Alexa, also, that was like a uh, porn Kurt, star name, Alexa Bliss. <laughs> Sorry, and then Angle, wrestlers tend uh, to have those. And he made his comeback as well, so he's back in the game. Um, it's it's been quite it's been quite interesting. I see where WWE is trying to go with this and trying to make it more um, more mainstream and more like um, you know those soap operas where, for instance, like Young and the Restless, my grandmother used to watch all the time. I can turn on that and still know um, a lot of the characters. So they're trying to make the characters mainstream. That even if you are not that dedicated wrestling fan where you watch it every week. You can still tune in and you can still watch the pay-per-view or pay for the pay-per-view and be still invested. So I see what they're trying to do. But again, somebody who, and, you know, I didn't watch wrestling, you know, I watched it on and off throughout my childhood and adulthood. But for somebody who's been been watching it for 10, 15 years, um, this might not be the play for them. But they're still going to watch it because that's just. You know, you're dedicated to the sport. You so. bring up the soap opera aspect to it, and if they bring out Car Carly and Molly from As the World Turns from the early 2000s, I'm in. <laughs> I'm way in. And Jack the Policeman, oh, having a fling with both of them, it was so good. Oh, wow. I'll take Adam's right, word for all that. One girl in a coma. My mom was more of a general hospital chick back in the day. But, um, TK Trinidad. <laughs> GH from, was okay. From, TM, from TMZ. GH. Still going. <laughs> Got the, the short neck. Uh, TK Trinidad. At TK Trinidad is where you can find her on Twitter. You can watch her on TMZ as well as After Buzz TV on mm-hmm. YouTube as well. TK, thanks so much for coming on as always. We appreciate it. No problem, guys. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. bye. There's also Passions with the Witch and the Little Dwarf Guy. All right, before we check out here, let's get to a couple of voicemails to get to. 949-478-1197. We got a giveaway Spider-Man. That's right, for a chance to win Spider-Man. We got two calls in today. Let's see what we have. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Fabian. Give me a call. 3.30 in the afternoon. I'm high as fuck. I took I took a half day, a personal day. I needed it. Um, as for your question last week on the show, Person. or just, a, just yesterday, today. Uh, I think that was it. Okay. I think Fabian. He did a midday wake and bake. Yeah. And then just lost his train of thought. Oh, that train went way off the rails. Oh, you know, we got a call from the, the smoke coming out of that train was not from the coal. Call number two is from the exact same number. So let's, uh, let's do a redo there. Let's do a reboot. My favorite Mario games are... Mario 2 and Mario World with Little Kate. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the fight on uh, Saturday. Conor McGregor and Khabib was awesome. Um, went pretty much how I thought it would. Uh, Khabib manhandled him. Uh, the antics afterward were totally strange. Right out of boxing in the 90s. Riddick Bo, Galata, or like even Floyd Mayweather, uh, Zao Judah. There was a couple of riots. Tyson Holyfield. Um, so yeah, this is not nothing new. So I guess UFC is turning into boxing with the riots, the interim belts, all that weird shit. Um, Kevin, I know you're a boxing fan. Uh, what's your thoughts on Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury? I think it's going to be a De- Deontay's coming out party. I think he's going to knock his dude out. Uh, we'll see. And, uh, yeah, I flamed out pretty bad. I am very high, like I said. So I know I didn't win the game. But James Stubbs did deserve uh, to win the game. His Venom review was awesome. I went to see the movie, and, yeah, he wasn't wrong. That movie sucked. Okay. All right, bye. Okay, I mean, yeah, the movie he's talking about is Venom. Um, Venom! 
Yeah, which I might see it tomorrow. Many reviews I've seen have not been positive. So. I got a review coming. I think okay, on Monday. Good. good. Uh, Tyson Fury has had a lot of, lot of, lot of personal issues over the last couple of years since he won the championship. What three years ago, I believe. Fatal Fury. And now, uh, and now uh, Deontay Wilder, who is not the most polished fighter either. It just tells you how bad the heavyweight division is. Mm. That he's a champion. Uh, we want to see him and Joshua. It's going to happen eventually. I don't know when, but hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, but yeah, I really don't see how Fury holds up in this fight against Deontay Wilder. So we'll see. Game over, man. Game over. I don't see it. We'll go with what Fabian said there. We James will Stubbs? give the game to James Stubbs. Good. He has won a physical copy of Spider-Man 4 for PlayStation. Or it's PS4. Spider-Man for PlayStation 4. For PS4, correct. I don't know which version of Spider-Man. I don't think it, they put a name on it because... Who knows? The there's ultimate, way too many the Spider-Mans. Amazing, the spectacular. Spectacular! There's too many Spider-Man. I don't know. I'm trying to fight a real they're, they're all great, all right? That theme song sucks. Whichever, whichever one this, the cartoon was based off of, that's the best one. I know that. Yeah. All right. Thanks to Eric Steven for joining us again. At Eric Steven is where you can find him on Twitter. We had TK Trinidad. At TK Trinidad is where you can find her as well. I'm the follow Adam A. He's a KFIG1 at FNA Show. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks for joining us on another edition of the FNA Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Sorry, Ryan Brown. Not really. I wonder if you know that I know he's lying right now. I tried to handle the entire situation with honor, with integrity, with class, with dignity, and with professionalism because that's who I am and that's how I've always lived my life. If I had done this intentionally or unintentionally, I'd be the first one to step up and say, I did it. By no means am I perfect, but if I've ever made any mistakes in my life, I've taken responsibility for my actions. I truly believe in my heart, and I would bet my life that this substance never entered my body at any point. I've always had tremendous respect for the game of baseball, and part of the reason that I've kept quiet throughout the course of this ordeal and part of the reason why I won't be allowed to get into all the details today is to put the best interest of the game ahead of the best interest of myself. There were a lot of times I wanted to come out, um, tell the entire story, but at the end of the day I recognized what's actually best for the game of baseball and I put that ahead of what was actually best for myself. I learned a long time ago to stop questioning life. I believe that everything that's thrown at us um, we're able to handle and that there's a reason for it. Um, I've yet to figure out exactly what the reason for this is, but I don't question that. I have always stood up for what is right. Today's about everybody who's ever been wrongly accused and everybody who's ever had to stand up for what is actually right. Many of the stories that were erroneously reported by the initial network continue to live on and it's sad and disappointing that this has become a PR battle and people continue to leak information that's inaccurate. I will continue to take the high road because that's who I am and that's the way that I've lived my life. We won because the truth is on my side. The truth is always relevant and at the end of the day, the truth prevailed. I'm a victim of a process that completely broke down and failed in the way that it was applied to me in this case. I had a conversation with the Players Association I expressed to them that I have not done anything that could have possibly led to this test result. I told them that I promise you on everything that's ever meant anything to me in my life, the morals, the values, the virtues by which I've lived for my 28 years on this planet, I did not do this.